Hey, beautiful soul fam. Welcome to today's Ceremony Circle podcast episode. I am your host, shaman and author of Animal Power Book, Allison Charles. And in honor of Animal Power Book officially being out for a month, yay, insert clapping and celebratory noises, I wanted to do something extra special today. And I was recently on the show, Better Together with Maria Menounos. And while you probably know who Maria is, in case you don't, she has been the host for shows like Access Hollywood, Extra, E! News, The Today Show, NBC Nightly News. She's acted in shows like One Tree Hill, movies like The Fantastic Four and Kicking It Old School. And she's also written a New York Times bestselling book. But her whole life changed when she got the call that her mom was diagnosed with a brain tumor. Then, months later, after suffering from massive headaches, ear pain, and slurred speech, Maria was also diagnosed with a brain tumor, and she had to have brain surgery on her birthday, which she saw as a rebirth. She had been an overworked workaholic who took care of everyone but herself, so she knew it was time for big changes. So her show, Better Together with Maria Menounos, was born, and she had me on it. And it was such a special episode, and Maria and her Better Together team are such beautiful souls, I wanted to share this special episode here on Ceremony Circle with you, too. So in today's voyage, I share in unique ways about my own spiritual awakening and journey to shamanism and how you can discover that path for yourself as well. I also reveal how I actually co-wrote Animal Power, 100 Animals to Energize Your Life and Awaken Your Soul with the Animal Spirits. I discuss how we can all tap into our animal guides and call to them in times of confusion or when we just are in need of extra love, support, and guidance, which we can all use extra doses of here and there sometimes. And I even do a live reading for Maria and share which animals came in for her and what they revealed about her life. So this is just a really fun and celebratory time, Soul Fam, and that's the exact essence that I personally wanted to bring in for all of us today. So lay back, waft some sacred incense around, perhaps grab and bless and honor a warm cup of cacao and cozy on up for my shamanic initiation special with Maria Menounos hosting. I'm on a journey to get better in all areas of life, from wellness and mental health to career and relationships and so much more. I know getting better isn't easy, but it's a whole lot easier when you can do it together. Welcome to Better Together with me, Maria Menunos. Hello, hello, everybody. Welcome to Better Together. When you know better, you get better. That's what we try to do here every single day. I think we're succeeding. I think so too, Maria. I think we are succeeding. Uh, Our quote of the day... Every animal, whether an insect, a mammal, an amphibian, or a bird, possesses energetic healing properties, signature traits, empowering teachings, and messages specifically for our benefit. Animals give us strength, guide us through life, remind us of our own internal power, and our, and our, wow, Try to do our and our together. Maybe the first time in my entire career I've had to say those words back to back because that's hard. And our, oh my God. You got this. And they are our teachers. I had to adjust the quote with another word to make that work. (laughs) And are our teachers. Damn, that was hard. That was hard. 
Okay. Shaman Allison Charles, who is going to be on our show today because she wrote this book called Animal Power, and it's 100 Animals to Energize Your Life and Awaken Your Soul. Heel Squad, what up? It's 2022. What? What? How crazy. How crazy. Let's just think about this. Time flies so fast that it's going to be like 2034 soon and then 2044. <laughs> I'm going to have white hair. Well, I kind of have a few now. Um, <laughs> you still look cool with white hair. Still look good. Yeah. Like this, this is the year where children may actually happen. I'm reeling over this. And, and then I'll be to. on the air thereafter probably around just kidding <laughs> probably around 2024 terrible twos where i'll be like why did i do this yeah yeah so yeah. and instead of having winnie in my lap i'll have winnie and a baby mm-hmm. and then pooch will be holding the other baby yeah yes. it's gonna be great and then i'll be on vacation <laughs> <laughs> perfect we're gonna become babysitters Top yes queen <laughs> 2022. All right. We're going to make it a great year. Uh, Today, we're going to be chatting with Shaman Allison Charles about her new book, like I said, Animal Power. It's a guide to the power of the animal realm, offering endless opportunities to unlock wisdom, awaken greater happiness, love, and fulfillment from within. Uh, Very interesting um, book. And I can't wait to talk to her because I... So, of course, my book... Um, never got to me, but I have Kelsey's and I will share all of the things that she marked on there. You know, you marked it. I get, I get like a little embarrassed when someone can see the things that I, I mark. Do you feel the same oh, way? hundred percent. Well, when I brought it to you this morning, I was like, oh damn, Maria's going to be like, oh, look at what she marked. Yeah. Like when you write your little <laughs> notes, you're like, oh gosh. So don't yeah. worry, judgment free zone, because I would never want you to judge me. And there's nothing to judge anyway. It actually helped me because I oh, could just s- scan to important stuff. Good. Um, and then I would be like, no, I don't want to scan. So then I'd go back and read. And so, um, but there was something in here where she talked about, um, that there, that there are spiritual relationships between humans and animals. And I didn't realize that officially, but I really believe that, um, I believe that I have, a real deep connection with animals. Kevin would always describe it in a different way for me. He was like, Maria, you didn't speak English growing up. Animals were your friends. He's like, and so they were safe. They loved you for you no matter what. Like there's so many things that animals do that we gravitate to as humans, but I know I can talk to them. I, I've talked to monkeys, had, had full conversations with monkeys with, you know, birds, with my dogs, my mom's dog, Beethoven, my mom and dad's dog, Beethoven was definitely with him in another life. And he would literally talk to me with his eyes and be like, bitch, back off. Don't be mean. Don't be, don't be aggressive. Don't be like, he would talk to me and I'm like, sorry, I'm losing my patience. I didn't mean it. I would literally say it back to him in his, in my head. Um, so I, I believe all of that. I, I'm eager to hear how you can channel animals to help you in different things. But I will say also, uh, as I was going through the different animals and Kelsey, I don't know if you had this experience. I was like, okay. Um, sloth, I come across like the page on sloths and I go, well, that's so funny because I just recently got into sloths. I, an Instagram post came across my, you know, 
Oh, I forgot. Write down koi. I got to talk to her about the koi. Oh, the koi fish. Oh, yeah. So when I look at the book and I go back, I realize things that she says actually make sense with the timing. So I'll, I'll go into it more when I see her, but what was the animal I was just telling you about? Sloth. Sloth. Okay, so let's go to sloth. Um, it's alphabetized. Thank you. I know. Thank God. (laughs) Benefit here. So I'm at snail, snake. I felt very guilty for all my fly killing. I felt guilty for my spider killing. Yeah. I, I stopped killing everything for a very long time. And then we had a massive fly infestation here. Oh, I should look up why. Okay. So the sloths are covert, uh, they, they represent energy reserve, protecting the underdog, compassion, methodical. Um, when you want to stop being judgmental, when you want to be more open-minded, when you want to rest in order to keep going, when you want to be present and enjoy life, when you want to be methodical, you work with the sloth. And I feel like a lot of that was uh, very... Um, timely. Timely and on point. Yeah. Especially after my mom came into that reading, she's like, you aren't taking care of yourself. You need to rest. Um, The fly, when you need to complete a project or goal, when you need to release victim mentality, when you need to turn hardship into gold, when you need to find the path of least resistance, when you need to clear your life of negativity, you work with the fly because they have determination, persistence, flexibility, self-centering, survival, and alchemy. How interesting. Because I had that fly infestation too. Mm, lot of flies. Killed a lot of flies. I'm yeah, sorry, flies. I really have killed a lot of flies Me lately. Too. <laughs> um, I have the catch and release program, but there's just too many. You can't catch and release. I'd be here all day catching and releasing flies. It's like, oh, sorry, Maria spent the entire week catching and releasing flies. Sorry she couldn't do the show. <laughs> yeah. So we're going to chat with Allison about what your power animal is, how you can work with it. Um, why certain animals keep popping into your life and what that might be symbolizing. You know, I think if nothing else, be open. Cause I know there are some things where I'm kind of like, oh, I don't know about this. So we'll, we'll get into it, but be open. Um, because I do think that the universe sends us messages in different ways. Like even the crow. Okay. Let's go to crow for a second. Right before my mom died days before I'm here in LA and I know this is like so kind of stereotypical, but there were so many crows in my yard. I mean, when I say, and they were massive crows, like they look like dogs, okay? And there was a herd of them. I don't think a herd works for birds, but you know what I mean, like a lot of them. So they represent an omen of change, personal integrity, walk your talk, the void, creation, and magic. So when you are ready to trust your personal integrity, when you want to align with your power during times of great change or uncertainty, when you're ready to birth a new project or a way of living, when you need spiritual strength, you work with the crow. Um, It gives you strength when you're dealing with any type of adversity because it teaches you how to rise above and stay strong. Uh, They represent great transformation, what needs changing in your life. Um, um, They revel in the magic that is ever present. 
My call urges you to leave what is familiar and see your life from a higher perspective. The crow represents the void, the home of infinite possibilities and miracles. I mean, she'll be able to explain so much more, but a lot of it kind of started making a lot of sense. So, you know, I sometimes can be a little skeptical. Very few times am I really no. skeptical. Like I, I, I enter with healthy skepticism into everything and then I allow for anything to happen. Which I appreciate. And I was saying this to Maria before the show. I said, I'm always really a appreciative of your healthy skepticism because I am like the ultimate, like in my cloud dreamy person who's like, Oh my God, everything's amazing. This is awesome. Everything is awesome. Exactly. And then Maria's like, well, do you think about this? And it's very, my mom does that to me too and brings me back down and I'm always appreciative of it because you're also still open. It's not like you're closing anything, No. but anyways, I'm excited to hear your conversation with her. Okay, well, without further ado, rock star shaman Allison Charles is a world-leading author, teacher, medium, and shaman who is called to bring sacred rituals and shamanic teachings to the mainstream in powerful, unique ways. Allison has shared shamanic journeys for audiences larger than 15,000 and was the resident energy guru for the world's top wellness platform. Today, we're chatting about our new book, Animal Power, and we are so excited to dive on into the power of animals to energize your life. Hi. Hi. <laughs> How are you, Allison? So great to meet you. Great to meet you. I love seeing my book sitting there. That It's just moments like this make it all the worth it. You know, I worked on this book for so many years, so it makes me so happy to see it in your hands. It's so beautiful. I really love the cover. Um, Thank you. And I know those are really hard to come come to like to that place I'm helping someone else with their cover right now one of our heel squad uh guests and I was like yeah it's a lot of work it's a lot of work yeah there's a whole story behind that which I'm happy to get into if we want to but yeah the artist and I had a very close working relationship and um, he actually passed away right after he completed the art for this book so what yeah well did that mean something it it definitely means a lot. Yes. Um, I, I mean, there's a lot to it, but just one of the many threads, uh, the fact that this is a shamanic book and, um, you know, it, and now has the embodiment of, of life and death held so closely and reverently within it. It definitely adds to the power and the potency of the medicine held within the book for sure. He was very young. He was only 30 and uh, right upon completing the 100 animal illustrations, he transitioned to the other realms. Was he sick? Uh, that was the notice that I got. He lived in Brazil. Um, he actually didn't speak English. And so the the message that I got from my pub- publishing team was that he had gotten sick wow. and um, he wasn't able to recover. Yeah. Wow. Well, yeah. Allison, I would love to start you know, obviously we're going to get deep into this, um, but I would love for you to tell everybody how you got into this work of of being a shaman. Um, Tell everybody about that kind of transformative moment for you. Oh gosh. Yeah. Oof. Yeah. Every time I talk about it, all these years into it, I still feel such a swell of emotion that comes up for me. Um, Yeah. It's very strong today for some reason. So just give me a moment. Um, 
Yeah, it's been such a journey. And it's required so much of me to do this work and to um, stay in such devotion to infinite expansion into my spiritual gifts and to wherever great spirit and great mother earth want me to go with this work because I, I truly live in devotion to their instructions for me. And oftentimes those instructions um, can feel illogical, can feel beyond my capacity of courage, can feel incredibly challenging. Um, so this shamanic path has brought with it so many miracles, but also a lot of hardship and a lot of initiations and a lot of rites of passage. So the best way I can bring it into um, a nutshell is first by prefacing that I'm very aware that I signed up for this earth mission before I even incarnated. So it's my belief that when I was you know, up in the astral realms and decided to incarnate here and on this incredible planet yet again, I was sitting with a lot of my ascended master team and devising this plan of what my purpose is and all the different ways in which my soul wanted to sign up to evolve this lifetime. All that being said, <laughs> when I incarnated, uh, it took me many, many, many years to get back into alignment with that original game plan. And the awakening and turning point for me came after being in a very long-term uh, romantic relationship. I was with a previous partner for almost two decades, and that relationship was fraught with a lot of anguish and pain and toxicity and at times varying degrees and, and levels of abuse. And I was really enmeshed in that situation and really stuck. And I later had to take a lot of responsibility for the codependency on my end. And, um, you know, I send blessings to my former partner, um, you know, of course, to the degree in which he's willing and able to receive them. But he was stuck in a lot of addiction cycles. And so uh, for anyone who has been in those kinds of situations where, you know, you just can't seem to get yourself pulled out of it and addictions are involved. Um, it, it can be a very scary web. So there is a story that goes with it, and I'm happy to share it with you and your community if you want me to go into the details. But I did have a divine intervention and awakening moment that changed everything for me and changed the course of my life. Sure, sure. <laughs> okay, so... Um, yeah, I just want to tune in to see how the story wants to be shared today. So as I said, you know, it was almost 20 years that we were together. And at this point on my spiritual awakening day, uh, we had called off our engagement and I had actually moved from Connecticut into New York City where I was working. And on this day, our engagement had been called off for about six months, and we had not been together. However, in recent days, he had started to come back around and was really sharing um, a lot of epiphanies and a lot of uh, illuminated uh, ideas that he had never shared with me in the previous 16 and a half years. And so I thought, wow, you know, could this finally be the time that we can get into a healthier alignment 
is he starting to change? Is he starting to become more aware of, you know, um, the wonderful person that I am and, and all of those things that I've been praying for for so many years? And so on this day, we were about to venture out publicly as, um, you know, as a couple yet again. But uh, I, my spiritual team, all of my guides in the other realms definitely uh, needed to come in and support me. And so as I was going out to the living room to tell him we can leave in a few minutes, I think I just needed to finish up some makeup and we could go. He was asleep on the couch and I didn't want to wake him up. And as I walked back through the kitchen and into my bedroom, that was the moment that my clairaudient gift, my ability to hear spirit speak to me got turned on and I heard a voice as clear as you and I are speaking today, say to me to stop and turn around. And so I did stop. And the second that I turned around, my eyes landed directly on my ex-fiance's phone that was sitting on my bookshelf. And I could start to feel a huge energetic shift taking place in the room. I didn't fully understand what was going on, but the energy was palpable. And as I started to walk over to his phone, the same voice spoke to me again and said, brace yourself. What you're about to see is going to rock your world. And so I'm starting to feel um, whatever was going on on a much deeper capacity and so I reached for his phone, and here's where it gets even more interesting. I never knew the code to open his phone. I was never a partner who snooped around. I think on an unconscious level, I knew what I would find if I did look, and I was terrified of those revelations. So I was never a snooper. But as I picked up his phone, I'm not sure if you've ever heard of automatic spirit writing, but some people who channel books, uh, you can call upon different ascended masters or guides, spirit helpers in the other realms to work through you. And this automatic spirit writing, it's not actually you that's moving the pencil or typing on the keyboard or, or in uh, movement of your hand. It's a helper from the other realms. And that's the only way I know to describe this because I punch four numbers into his phone. I don't remember to this day what they were, but his phone opened. And so this was the moment that everything, yes, your, the look on your face was um, <laughs> starting to be the look on my face as the phone clicked open. And this is how I describe it. Um, this moment of his phone opening in modern times, was this was my shamanic cave initiatory moment, moment because this phone was the cave that held my greatest fears in it. And it took me entering into this cave and entering into this moment to finally wake up to the truth of what had been going on the entire time we were in a relationship. And that was a ton of betrayal. And where, what I find fascinating about this moment, you know, I'm, you know, more than a decade out of this moment at this point, but and all the hindsight um, and extraction work that I've put into this day that changed my life. You know, some people could have this moment happen and it not really traumatize them, it not really be a big deal. But for me, and I've done past life work to understand why, why was betrayal? Why were these multiple affairs and a lot of these very um, horrendous ways? Why why was it so scary and, and life changing for me? And I do have clarity around that. Um, but facing what I saw in the phone was 
the facing of the fears I needed to have my veil lifted and to have my egoic shell obliterated. And as all of this alchemy was happening, the energies were so strong, it woke up my ex who was asleep on the couch and he came into the room. And I, you know, of course, confronted him. Initially, he wanted to stay in denial and to try to put the blame back on me. But when I showed him the phone and he realized there was no out this time after 16 and a half years of having outs, um, there was no escaping it. And so I, I asked him to leave and to never come back. And it, it just, it took that moment for me to finally have the karma between I, he and I done and for me um, to get out of all the denial and illusion that I had been stuck in all of those years. And of course, the story continues and there's more to it, but it was through this Claire audience and through my guides coming in to intervene. It took all of that to pluck me out of that many, many year long system. Mm, yeah. I, I, I always say it's like the bricks come from the sky. And if if you don't make, you know, make the change with the bricks, then like bigger bricks come and bigger bricks come. And it comes in the form of like illness. It comes in the form of so many different things to get you kind of to see things, yes. but we don't see and we don't pay attention. And, you know, everything happens in its time. But this led you to kind of follow that shamanic path and change your life. And so... Um, it's always interesting when someone has that, that pivot in life and now they're doing something that is so, I mean, you know, a shaman is, is seeing the, the seen and the unseen worlds, right? Can you explain a little bit more for people what, what a mm. shaman is and does? And is it something that you can just become at any age or mm. is it something that you choose to follow? I know I've read that it's a calling, but you can explain that to everybody. Yeah, it's definitely a very, very deep soul level calling. And shamanism, a lot of uh, people view shamanism as the the world's, the planet's oldest spiritual healing art and spiritual practice. And so, yeah, you had a couple of really good questions in there. So I want to tune into those. As you said, shamans walk with feet in both worlds, the seen and the unseen. And and my name, Rock Star Shaman, it actually explains exactly just that. Uh, the, the word rock represents my connection directly down into Great Mother Earth, and the star part represents my connection directly into Great Spirit, uh, the cosmic realms. And of course, you know, tuning in, the shamanic part is, is the heart piece, and, and shamanism we do our best to face all aspects of ourselves and to get into a place of whole, uh, complete embodiment, um, you know, facing our shadows and, and coming into a total understanding of who we are and, and really moving from um, our hearts and our, our heart intelligence. So I move uh, the best that I can at all times from that vertical line, great mother earth, great spirit. And shamanism, though, there are a lot of different forms and and types of it because it's 
you know, on every continent in the entire world, uh, there are different traditions that have different types of rituals and prayers and songs and, and practices. And some of my shamanic colleagues and friends take specific oaths where they adhere to a particular lineage based path. And they take that oath and their shamanic path, uh, you know, works with a lineage tradition and, and they only adhere to certain types of songs that that tradition does. But mine works on these really grand scales. Again, I'm tapping into the entire infinite cosmos and I'm working from the directives of Great Mother Earth. So, you know, w- with walking this path, it takes great responsibility. Um, it requires endless work, endless integrity checks. And while it has brought, you know, so many miracles into my life, uh, when you open up your spiritual and shamanic gifts, it also, like I said, with the, the responsibility, it can be very challenging because I'm a seer and I can see into the most subtle, subtlest places that most people walking the planet can't see. So when I meet someone or when I go uh, to a gathering, I am being flooded with information and awarenesses about the love and light guardians of the land that that home is on. Even when I'm not, I, and I'm never invasive with my gifts, you know, before I would even tap into uh, your energy field and and whatever guides wanted to come forward and whatever animals wanted to come forward, I asked for your permission, and I and I work from that place at all times. But I am such a seer, and my gifts are so online that even when I'm not trying to access into those unseen realms, I can get really flooded with it. So it can make um, managing relationships really hard. Uh, hmm. That's one example. <laughs> I will just say that I've had to do a, a lot of work with that. Um, but w- w- the ar- your other question that I want to get to in terms of who can who can be a shaman, it really comes from a place that's undeniable within your soul. It is a very, very, very specific soul calling and texture that you can't really put words to, but if there are any other shamans listening, you know, they know exactly what I'm talking about. And I never set out to become a shaman. You know, before I had my awakening, I was a national champion athlete. And then after my body started to break down, I was a radio and television host. So I was, and also a producer. So I was working in New York City, down in Soho and production offices and, you know, hosting on camera and, and on air. And I never thought that what I do now um, would be my life. But after that awakening moment, the next biggest step that happened for me was my surrender moment. And that's a moment that anyone can decide to do. Yes, my awakening came from an intervention. It was a bit outside of myself. I had to get, like you said, the bricks thrown on me to wake up to the truth of who I am and all of my gifts and power. But what I chose to do and what anyone can choose to do is to finally get out of your own way and surrender and speak to whoever it is you speak to. Again, for me, great mother earth, great spirit, and I and my own soul. And I said, I clearly don't know what I'm doing. Show me the way. Mm. And 
I started to heed every instruction that came in. I was guided to go to different shamans for my own healing because my awakening was really traumatic and my life was turned upside down. And I was guided to different healers, leech therapists, you name it. Um, And I heeded all of the instructions that came in. And what happened was when I finally got out of my own way and got into a place of devotion to facing all aspects of myself and healing all aspects of myself, my truth and my soul calling finally had room to communicate and to inform me as to who I really am. So it was through my devoted healing journey that the shamanic calling started to open up and tell me who I really am. I feel like there's one other piece that's trying to come through, though, if you don't mind, um, because it is such a huge topic and there are so many nuances and every shaman is different and every shamanic path is different. So I feel like there's one little nugget of wisdom that's trying to pop in on this. One second, please. Yeah, okay. So the other thing that I do think it's important to um, share with people is that it's every living being's birthright to explore shamanism, um, it, you know, because it holds the planetary truths of Earth and all the universes. Any living being who feels the call um, to sit in a shamanic ceremony or, um, y- you know, to to sit and do a shamanic ritual, it's every living being's birthright to lean into these practices. But to lean into shamanic ceremonies um, for healing, or maybe you feel called to work with a certain shaman because you know that they can help unlock something for you, that shamanic path is very different than tuning into a true soul calling that's held within you to become a shaman and devote your entire life to being a shaman. And the last little thing that I'll share is whichever of those two paths that you might feel called to, the most important thing is to really enter into both of those spaces with sacredness and reverence and humility and respect um, because, you know, these these traditions have been around since the beginning of time. And especially if you're sitting in ceremony um, for, with certain indigenous tribes or, or certain traditions, there are a lot of rules and a lot of um, those tribes want to give you permission before you share their sacred songs outside of the space and things like that. So I always like to remind people um, of the place from which we should step onto the shamanic path from. I love that. I feel like it was funny hearing you talk about um, that journey of like, like listening and, 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 uh, and applying was something that I had to do when my mom was sick, where I would ask for guidance and I would get that clear message back and I would know what to do and where to go and how to kind of take, take us on that journey. So it's, it's interesting. It's really cool to hear that, um, that process from you. Um, what, what drew you to animal power? Hmm. 
Yes, my dear animal friends. Oh my gosh. I light up every time I think about them because they have been my saving grace for so long. They were the (laughs) first guides who came in after that divine intervention, spiritual awakening moment. And um, I, I referenced before that some of the first healing modalities and practices that I was instructed to lean into were in fact shamans and shamanism. And my aunt, who's a shaman, she did a soul retrieval journey for me um, to help my, my healing process. And in that particular journey, my core power animal, which is the black jaguar, came forward. And then there were three other supporter animal allies that came in about that same time to help me at that time in my life. And they were the bear, the deer, and the frog. And so each and every, I mean, you have the book. So you you understand at this point that every single animal has different wisdom teachings, different healing attributes. They have different embodiments. And so that's why different ones will come in at different times in our life, depending upon what we're going through and the type of support we need. So the deer, for example, came in to not have me shut my heart down. The, the deer is the path of the heart and everything heart medicine and heart healing. So it would urge me, you know, as much as you want to shut your heart down, Alice, and keep it open. Just trust me. It's it's going to be a long journey, but if you stay committed to it and stay committed to healing your heart, there's something incredible at the end, which is the case. I'm I'm now married to an incredible partner, and there's a whole wild story in, in terms of how we got together and the deer coming to work with us in a sacred peyote ceremony, um, but maybe that's a story for later or another time. And then the frog helped me heal my emotions. I, Like I said, I had been in such denial and illusion and suppression and codependency for that entire 16 and a half previous relationship. When I finally woke up and was feeling all that I had been denying myself of feeling, there was so much there. So I remember taking so many healing baths and calling the frog in to clear it out and just crying and crying. The other cool thing about frog, it's a medicine of leaps of faith and the frog only leaps forward. So it was my reminder to not turn back, Mm. to not go back to him and to only move forward. And then the last example- That's right. A frog never goes backwards. Yeah. That's so cool. I never thought about that. Yeah, keep it moving. Keep it moving forward, sister. Only forward movement from here, um, which I did. I did honor that. And then the bear, it's that grounding, nourishing. I mean, when you think about it, mama bear, papa bear, it's that grounded, stabilizing support. The bear would come to me in meditations and ask for me to lean against its chest and to learn how to let go into the support of the unseen realms. It was such a supporter for me. And then the Black Jaguar is about spiritual reclamation, which has been the the biggest theme of my life is reclaiming my spiritual powers, my shamanic gifts, um, doing shadow work. Uh, The Black Jaguar works a lot with that as well. So to finish answering your question, they came in right out of the gate. We developed a very, very deep uh, relationship very quickly. And I, it's now to the point where they trusted me so much to be a voice for them. And I trust them so much to show up for me when I'm doing live readings and situations like this or in front of live audiences that they actually came to me. I was writing a totally different book and I flew to Bali to start writing a book on surrender. And it was my first morning in Bali, my first morning meditation, and all of these animals, when I closed my eyes in that meditation, hundreds, thousands of animals all came in and they said, that's a great book idea, but that's not it. 
we want you to co-create a modern day power animal guidebook with us. So thankfully, my literary agents, um, they were on board and I was able to switch the entire book concept over to what we now see before us, animal power. Um, so I said yes uh, and, you know, surrendered and shifted shifted everything over. And then four years later, the book was born. But I, you know, it's funny when I sit with this book at my altar every morning, I've been moved to tears by my own book so many times. And, and, and I'm able to say that because I don't even take full credit for the book. Honestly, like great spirit moved through me to write that I co-created it with the animals. I worked with each and every of the 100 ones featured um, to write the messages. And uh, it's just a really powerful medicine book. So for for people who are skeptical or couldn't even grasp this, right? Like I said earlier, I said, I I do believe that there is a spiritual connection between humans and animals. I feel it. I know I can talk to animals. I've been doing it my whole life. I've been saving animals my whole life. I feel closer to animals than anything. So I I I understand that. I don't understand the process of them coming to you or you calling to them or you working with them like in a small degree. So I imagine someone else who's listening to this, who doesn't have that kind of relationship with animals is like, what the frig is she talking about? Right? Like the animals came to her and all of a sudden she wrote this book and she called on each and every one of them. Explain that a little bit more for people and, and how it actually works. Like how did you know a deer, a frog, a bear and a jaguar were coming to you and that they were coming to you for a reason, right? Like if oh. you were like a new shaman, let's say, right? You're just like newly on this journey. You you were just an athlete and all of a sudden you got animals talking to you. How does this work? <laughs> I love how you're asking this. It's good. It's fun. Okay. So um, in shamanism, one of the main practices that we, many of us do, and one of the things that I'm most known for are taking people on guided shamanic journeys. Um, and we oftentimes do it. So for example, um, this is one of my shamanic rattles. And then um, behind me, you can see one of my drums. And we mostly use one of these shamanic tools. Um, I mean, there's a whole process. I'm very much giving you the, um, the, the nutshell here and whittling it down. But we use these instruments um, to take people on journeys into other realms. And, and one of the things that I'm most known for are taking people on guided shamanic journeys to meet their power animals. Um, so it's a, it's a form of meditation. And you can also connect with, with power animals and just a, a basic meditation as well. Um, but to paint the picture a little bit more as I'm drumming and I'm using my voice. And like I said, there are processes that I do before I even get to the drumming part to let people feel in safe space, to have them open their hearts and things like that. But when I'm finally doing the journeying and drumming, I'm guiding them oftentimes to a tree to use as a portal access point. We go down through the, the trunk and the roots of the tree and we pop out into a different realm. Now, once we get into this different space, I typically bring people into a jungle environment. And once we're in there, um, the energies of this other realm, they're very much connected to at this point. And once we get to a different place in the jungle, then we call a power animal forward who wishes to empower their life at that time. Now, some people are more clairvoyant and they can 
see a vision of the animal in this journey. They can actually see the the elephant or the beaver coming toward them. Others are more clear audience and they can hear or they can smell the animal or they just have an awareness of what the animal is. But once the animal comes forward, you can ask it questions. You can ask it if it has energetic medicine to give to you. And oftentimes that will come in the form of a bite or a touch or it'll ask you to get on its back and it will fly you through, through the jungle. Um, and I know that this might be a little far-fetched for some people, um, but it's not that different than just a basic meditation that you might do in the morning um, before you get out of bed when you tune into your own heart and ask your heart what it wants you to know that day, that same messaging and, and, and awareness that comes through in those basic meditations, it's similar to what happens on a guided shamanic journey. And I do have a free shamanic journey on my website for any people that are feeling a resonance to all of this. And, and maybe they have been feeling a call to shamanism for quite some time, but they just haven't answered that, that call. You can go to my website. It's a free journey that I guide where um, I do exactly what I just described and, and you're able to connect with your power animal. And the other thing that I'll explain is that the power animal world they really love an invitation in. There are some beings and helpers that are more um, uh, pronounced in terms of like, they just come in and try to get your attention. Maybe there's a certain archangel that presents um, and, and they're just more bold. The power animal helpers really love for us to call upon them and say, hey, I'm ready to connect with you more. I'm ready to, to work with you. I'm ready to hear the messages that you have for me. And once you speak that out loud, um, they oftentimes will also come to you in your dreams. So I would recommend just having a little notepad and a pen beside your um, at your bedside table. So that if animals come to you in your dreams, you can jot it down because we, as we all know, by the time we officially wake up, a lot of those messages um, will waft away. But that's, I mean, when I do live readings, it happens very quick. Again, we're going back to shaman, shaman's ability to walk in both, both worlds and I'm just as connected to the unseen realm as I am this, this world right here. So the second that I close my eyes, and rattle or not, like this morning when I when I uh, tuned in to your field because you had given me permission. I mean, the second I have my own process, you know, of talk of connecting in, of you know, protecting and blessing my own energetic field. Only calling upon guides and messages that will serve your highest, greatest earthly good. But once I go through my whole my little five minute ritual. The gateways are open and stuff comes in right away. Like I didn't even have to pick up my rattle. Your Some of the messages that were waiting to come in for you and some of the themes that um, presented for you came in without me doing anything. And it's just because my, my gifts are awake and they're alive and they're on board and we all have spiritual gifts. And so the second that I speak my readiness to receive what is waiting in the ethers, what is waiting in the unseen realms to come in, it sometimes it floods in and I'm bombarded. You know, animals came in for you, themes and topics came in for you, specific messages came in for you, more than one animal came in for you. You know, there was a lot waiting for me to give permission to. And then once it did for you, it just like all kerplunked in. And that's the best way I can describe it. So it's funny because I, I went through and I, and, and certain animals, when I would see them, I'm like, oh, I want to see what this says. And I want to see what this one says. Because I started connecting the dots to animals in my life that 
I've had some situation with. So is it something where it doesn't have to happen in your dream? It's like there are animals in your life that maybe are popping in right now where you're like, wait, why is that animal coming into my awareness? And why am I obsessed with that animal right now and want one so bad? (laughs) And so is that a sign as well? And can you go into that animal in the book and say, oh, this animal's coming to me to teach me something? A hundred percent. Yes. I'm so glad you should be on my PR team for, for the book. Yes. That's one of the main purposes and whole reasons that the, the animals and I wanted to make this modern day guidebook is exactly for what you just said. If all of a sudden, you know, uh, ladybugs keep landing on you or, you know, outside your window where you work every day, the same hummingbird comes and visits you every single day. Yes, these these are the animals trying to get our attention and saying, I'm here to be a supporter for you. And so that's where it takes our responsibility and it's our work to be consciously aware of these things happening and then being like, okay, enough is enough. Like I've seen, this is the fifth time this week that a ladybug has landed on me. Let me go to Animal Power Book, open up to the ladybook page and see why, why is she coming to me? Mm -hmm. And not only are there messages for each animal, but there are different power practices. So for people that want to go deeper into their rapport and the relationship with the animal, the power practice are different rituals and meditations and ceremonies that you can do so you can strengthen that connection point. And it will just continue to grow and grow and grow if you want it to. I love that. That's that's what I was figuring out as I was kind of figuring out like the book and everything. I was like, okay, I see where this kind of all collects and 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 becomes something. So I know you guys had done a pre and you probably mentioned some animals. Did you mention any animals specifically? Don't say what if for you me? didn't. No, for about you? me. I mentioned one. Okay. But it wasn't like a specific animal. I mentioned like a, a species. Okay. Okay. So, so before I tell you what I felt in here, tell me what you were getting. I'm just curious. Cause sure. Because there are so, going to be things that are going to come to you. And then there are going to be things that are just small details that I've, I connected with where I was like, Oh, that's why that happened at that time. Oh, that's why that happened at that time. So anyway, totally. So I just want to make sure before I tell you what came in, like, I, I don't know how, are there any themes for you that are too sensitive or, okay. Okay. Great. Okay. So one big theme, in fact, it was the main theme and I'm kind of laughing because I'm in a similar place and I was like, Oh, Hmm. we have this fun thing in common. Um, but it was the theme of birth and family and, and pregnancy. And I will just tell you that the elephant is for sure your main guide with familial expansion and Lord Ganesh, um, you know, which ties into the elephant power animal, the remover of obstacles definitely came in and wants to work with you. But there were so many messages. Um, I wrote a lot of them down to be honest, um, because they were flooding in, like I said, and I didn't want to forget. I wrote down elephant is a guide and ally for you and your journey and spiritual expansion. That was another thing. Um, especially when you were bringing up your mom, um, I, I felt compelled to say it, but I, I didn't, I, I have this sense and awareness with you that your own spiritual exploration and gifts and abilities 
um, has been opening up for quite some time and perhaps your mother's passing um, played a role in your exploration in, in the spiritual path. But I do feel this um, readiness and, and urging is a strong word, but I do feel a bit of urging within your own soul of, of your readiness to continue to expand on the spiritual path and to continue to just open up your field and, and open up your gifts. Of course, if you want to, it, we always have the choice, but I just have that sense in general about you. So the elephant came in to affirm that it's a guide for you and just your own spiritual expansion. But then specifically, um, when it comes to having a child, uh, you know, elephants, the, the groups of them are called herds and the family groups are typically led by a female elephant matriarch. Um, and it was all speaking to you and representing you. Uh, and then they started. So when they come in, like they did this morning for you, uh, they start to do movements oftentimes to express a message. And the elephant was making a ton of sounds and like raising its tusk up and sending prayers um, to you around uh, family expansion, around birthing. And there was some medicines specifically in the sound of an elephant. So they were saying to you that it could be supportive, even if you have to go on YouTube and just, you know, search for elephant sounds for you to just sit with your eyes closed and to allow whatever activation and transmission that wants to make its way to you from the sounds of elephants that was recommended. Oh, and then one fun thing, this whole family of elephants started to do a dance together. And I was curious for you. Um, it's my understanding that you have some Greek in your, mm -hmm. your background. I wasn't sure. And, and I'm very unfamiliar with Greek traditions, but it was almost like these elephants were doing this synchronized dance. And it took me to your Greek heritage. And I, I was curious, is there a dance in Greek heritage that you guys do when someone is pregnant or when someone has given birth, but there was some whole dance that the elephants were doing for you. So interesting. I mean, we do like a lion dancing thing, but I don't, I don't know if there's anything specifically around birth or pregnancy. I'll have to find out. Yeah, look into that because they yeah. were definitely doing a dance for you. Um, so, you know, there were there were other things that came in and there was another animal that came in for you. There was the snail that presented. Um, but I'll take a pause to see where you're at and if anything came up for you. But birthing, pregnancy, expanding family and elephant being your main ally supporter in all of that came in first and, and it was strong. It was just like ready to come in. Yeah, no, that's all very right on. Like very right on when I was, did you tell her about the elephant? So when I was in kindergarten, I think I didn't even speak English, um, but whatever, somehow they translated this to me. You had to uh, draw a picture of an animal you, you feel um, you would be or some you, yeah, if you could be any animal, what would it be? And either you had to draw it or you say it, I don't remember, but my mom said I drew an elephant or I said an elephant. And an elephant has always been one of my like favorite animals aside. I mean, everybody loves dogs and I love everything, but there's an, a, a special thing with elephants that's so crazy. And when I was reading in the book that they have this incredible sense of smell, yes. I actually joke that I was maybe like a bloodhound in another life. I have the most insane nose 
like insane, insane nose. I never thought elephants had that power, but I guess, um, yeah. And I, and the other thing, anytime I've done like, uh, Ayurvedic, um, astrology and things like that, they always talk about the elephant with me Mm. and, um, and I think it was more like I, I'm kind of like a gentle, powerful soul or something. Like I'm, I'm good with the power, let's say. Something like that mm-hmm. is what it's always been translated to me. Mm-hmm. And then I went to Africa and I did a whole story on the orphan baby elephants. And they were there was one flirting with me. And like it was the cutest thing ever. I love them so much. Wow. So yeah. That's a, quite a connection. And the other funny thing too, I, I mean... Um, because the elephant came in so dominantly, I, I have it sitting open to that page right now. Uh, but the day that I met with Kelsey, your amazing producer, that morning when I sat at my altar, you know, this is my practice. I sit at my altar, I close my eyes, I put Animal Power Book up to my heart, and I just ask for whichever animal that wants to come in to best serve my highest, greatest earthly good to, to reveal. And typically I'll keep my eyes closed and I just randomly open to a page in the morning that I had the production meeting um, for us to do this, that it was the elephant who who came in that morning too. So definitely a super strong ally for you with the family stuff. Yeah. If you see my house, like all of my walls, I've taken photos I took on safari and at that orphanage of the baby elephants Mm. and they're all over my walls and canvas. Mm. I always say like, don't burglarize me. I just have pictures from Africa on there. Like you can't, (laughs) there's no Picassos. There's nothing. (laughs) It's just my elephants. There are some other animals too, but, um, but I'm curious what other animals came through. Well, I'll do, um, if it's okay with you, I'd like to just tap in live right now and see what comes in. But the other one that I thought was interesting that came in was the snail. Um, And it was speaking of like honoring the pacing of things. And I don't know if that also ties into that same theme of pregnancy, birthing, expanding family. But the snail, I mean, you know, there's the phrase like we're moving at a snail's pace Mm. Um, and honoring even if things take uh, a much longer time than our minds or ego would like or that we would want. Um, the snail really teaches us to be really present to uh, the the benchmarks and the beautiful moments that happen along the way as we work toward a goal. And also when you think about the snail, how it emits that really cool like oozy slime and it allows for our path to become one of least resistance and to move through even very challenging terrains with more ease and grace. And so if that's speaking to you in, in mm. any capacity, whether it's with the family expansion or work or whatever theme it might be um, conjuring up for you as I'm sharing this, you can call upon snail, um, you know, maybe even a, I don't know if you're a big meditator, but in meditation, you could call upon snail and and ask it. Think about whatever the theme in your life is that you would like more ease and grace and path of least resistance medicine to come into and ask for the snail to, to put its like cool, magical, oozy slime into that particular theme in your life. Hmm. Um, but yeah, pacing, pacing was a really big one for you with the, with the snail. So um, does that resonate at all? Like, yeah, it honoring- makes sense. It does. Well, also, you know, for someone who's moved at lightning speed her whole life, um, these last few years were more about pacing and, um, and slowing down. And, but what I like about the ooze is it glistens along the yes. way. So there's yes. like a little, like you're, you're still shining, but it's, it's just like, 
Yeah, just mm-hmm. learning a new way, mm-hmm. learning a new way of being within our own bodies, learning a new way of operating and moving through life, but still trusting that we're still in our divine power and we can still glisten and still shine, even if we're we're learning a new way to move. Yes, mm-hmm. I love that. Hey everyone, Maria Menunos here. I'm so happy that you are with us and enjoying the show. Hopefully we have amazing guests just like Allison on my show, Better Together Daily. So if you've never checked out Better Together with Maria Menunos, I hope you'll give us a try. We're on Apple Podcasts and Spotify, or you can check out my website, mariamenunos.com, M-E-N-O-U-N-O-S, to see everything that we do. We are growing and transforming every single day, and I hope you'll join our Heal Squad and do that with us. Enjoy the rest of the show. Okay. Well, I'm just going to get my rattle out. And of course, I already have your permission. So I'm just going to do a little tune in to see if um, one of the same animals wants to come forward and say more, or if a new power animal guide wants to come in. Now, I guess before I do this, do you want me to just call in general, whichever animal that most wants to empower your life at this time? Or do you have a particular um, category of life you want me to hone in on for you? Whatever they want to tell me. Okay, cool. Let me see who wants to come in. One second. Stand by. Hmm. <sighs> interesting. Okay. So we have one that's already presented. Um, so I'm aware of what it is. And of course, I'll tell you in a moment, but I just want to keep tuning in with it to see exactly why it came in and if it has a specific message. One second. Hmm. Hmm. Interesting. So, I mean, when I said before that I was sensing this, this, soul readiness or urging for you to expand more on the spiritual path of your spiritual abilities? Did that like yeah. turn your nose up or did that resonate It with resonates you? a billion percent. Okay. Because this animal coming in, it has that same message. I just didn't, I, I just want to be totally honest with you. I, I feel your spiritual potency and your power and your gifts and, um, yeah, it's very, very strong. And I and I don't say this lightly, and I don't say this to, you know, just anyone. There's there's something in you. There's some ability that you have, whether it's working with archangels or maybe you even coming out with your own oracle card deck or at some point. I don't but there's something um really magnificent and monumental that specifically with spirituality and your spiritual gifts that is really ready and wanting to crack open inside of you and the animal that just came in and it was talking about this again was the armadillo and i love the armadillo so much it's one of my favorite power animal guides because it's the biggest known teacher for healthy boundaries mm. yeah And, you know, that's definitely one thing I've learned on the spiritual path is as I have allowed myself to be in complete devotion of infinite expansion into my gifts and just letting it all open up and and move through me the way in which divine and great spirit wants it to, um, I, I have gotten really, really good at discernment and having healthy boundaries. And it's been one of my biggest saving graces. And so I think that Armadillo is coming in for you to be a supporter for you and with you as you commit more and more to opening up your abilities it's going to 
Um, and I, I would recommend if you are open to it, doing the power practice of both the elephant um, and the armadillo, because the armadillo, if you think of its shell, uh, the power practice in there really helps you work with creating your own kind of protective shell around you. And I think that's going to help you feel in safer space to lean into more expansion with your gifts. But the armadillo is is an amazing guide to have. I love it. It's really grounded um, and healthy boundaries. I mean, it's it's something that I wish more people would do more work around and to to focus some efforts into in life because it's a game changer. Yeah, that, that um that's really interesting. I I had a a medium that connected me with my mom, who's like you're really really psychic. She's like you need to like really lean into it. She's like if you want to lean into it and learn more, but it is it, it's something that I don't I don't know a lot about. I just know that. Um, in that period of time with my mom, I was able to cultivate a lot of skills and a mm-hmm. lot of just direct, whoop, okay, boom, 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 answer question, answer question, answer question, and complete faith when I heard, maybe at first it wasn't, but then I was like, oh, okay, thank you. I got it. And and so I know there's something there. I don't know what it is. I don't know how to cultivate it. So if somebody is listening to this and they... um they're feeling the same way. What, what is the the guidance there? What does someone do? Well, it goes back to that um, first book that I thought I was going to write on surrender. And I don't want to sound like a broken record, but it really is. Um, I used to have an online course with nine different guided shamanic journeys. And one of them was in, all about surrender. And I actually had a surrender statement. And if you want me to, I can email it to you. Mm-hmm. And if it resonates, then you can speak it out loud. But I, when we get to this place where we have clarity, like you do, where you can tell there's something bigger inside of you that's ready to get um, opened up, unlocked, uh, but we don't know the next step to take. If we can just, it sounds so simple, But nine times out of 10, when we actually get to the place where we're ready to speak to God, goddess, universe, mother earth, whoever it is you want to speak to, and we're we're there in that moment and ready to open our mouths to say, okay, great spirit, okay, my beautiful divine soul, okay, great mother earth, I'm ready to get out of my own way, show me the way, I want to surrender, you know, my my life and, and path to you. Once you get to that place, it really does start to conjure up a lot of stuff. Your ego will start to kick in. Some fears or limiting limiting beliefs might start to come up and you start to think, oh my gosh, do I really want to do this? Do I really want to completely surrender and 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 start to live in devotion to like getting calls and instructions from something outside of myself? So it it really is the most powerful step that we can take because I can assure you with, I mean, 100% certainty, if you do a surrender statement and speak to your guides, your readiness to get into co-creation with the unseen realms and to get into direct alignment with the divine, if you speak that out loud, 100%, the next steps will start to come in for you. You will be shown the way and you are already moving from that place. So for you, you already have that understanding of what that dance is to receive. 
um, a message coming in. So for you, you already know that orchestration. It's it's for you just saying, okay, specifically when it comes to my spiritual abilities, my spiritual path, my unique alchemy, I'm ready for you to show me the next step specifically with that. And it's a path that never ends. I call it divine connect the dots. And sometimes mm-hmm. those initial first steps, when you do say your intention, when they come in, They might come in super abstract or super far-fetched, but that's part of the initiation. And that's kind of part of the test to see um, your availability for courage, for for vulnerability, for trusting the message. Um, So I would recommend, and I would be so curious if you or Kelsey can keep me posted, if you do speak this specifically around your spiritual abilities and what's next for you on your own personal spiritual path, I would love um, to see what starts to come in for you. And once you heed and take the next step, then the next divine connect the dots, it will start to come in, but it takes us trusting and taking the step first. Yeah, I'm going to do it. Cool. You should. Yeah. Anything else that I need to know? <laughs> uh, yeah. Let me see. Um, let me let me just tune in and just see in general whether it's an animal or or a guide, because um, Lord Ganesh did come in earlier. Let me just see in general what else what else is here for you. Stand by. Hmm. So. Um, healing power of colors just came in. Um, for some reason, pink is coming in. So that could be a good one, um, today or in this next week to focus on in your meditation, or I don't know if you have an altar space, but maybe bring a pink candle in or something in your home that's pink and have it at the center of your altar or the center of your meditation. For some reason, every color, just like animals, has different healing attributes and properties. Um, And the color pink came in to support you for some reason right now. So I recommend that. I feel like there is one other thing trying to come in. One second. Hmm. Okay. And you did say, and nothing's off limits. So I feel in safe space to share. Um, Yeah, um, your husband, your relationship, your dynamic with your husband, it came in this morning. I just didn't bring it up. And it also just came in again. So I'm like, okay, finally, I'll say it. Um, uh, Let me see exactly what the messaging is. Okay. (laughs) Okay. I don't mean to laugh. It's just, it's sweet. It's um, so... And you, it's, it's all good, but I will just say, because you do have a strong spiritual potency within you, um, as you start to unlock it and open it up even more, it's going to liberate like the Maria wild <laughs> woman, ancient, you know, medicine woman, high priestess energetics that have been stored within you you know, in your light grid, in your light body, in your chakras, like all of that medicine has always been inside of you. And as you open yourself up more, all of that potency, that that wild woman magic and potency is going to start to open up inside of you as well. And so whether that's just having a chat with him um, before or as you feel it conjuring up, but just just so that you two are kind of on the same game plan and page in terms of um, 
because safe space keeps coming in for you as a theme. Like, I think your gifts are really going to come online and open up the safer you feel to let them open up. And, you know, a husband is obviously a primary relationship in your life. You guys spend a ton of time together. And I think the more you feel safe, um, that he has an awareness of this desire um, and that he's on board to perhaps hold a different level of space for you as you expand, whether it's unconsciously or consciously, that's going to give you and your soul more permission to do what it really wants to do right now. So I don't know how spiritual he is, how open he is to, you know, things like we're talking about, how open he is to you um, opening yourself up to the spiritual path. But um, yeah, I think the more he's willing to, to, and even if he doesn't want to, you know, work with my book and he doesn't want to go on shamanic journeys, that's fine. As long as he's open to, to maybe holding a bit of a different space for you as you expand in this way. I'm curious, do they think he is or he isn't open? Well, you, okay, let me see. <laughs> okay, let me see. What's his first name? Kevin. Okay, one second. Wait, d well, okay, so here's the thing, though. I don't want to fully access in about Kevin unless I know Kevin is okay with me He's doing that. He's cool. Go for it. <laughs> okay. <laughs> we can call him for full permission. We can get him in here, but. Okay, all right. So you're sure. Um, mm -hmm. all right. Okay, one second. Hmm. It's not that he's, he's not as open to it as you, it feels. And he has a little bit more of, of, of logic. And I feel he has a little bit less direct experience with the spirit world and, and these types of alchemies that you and I have been talking about. Um, so hang on. It's not that he's not open and he does have the ability if he wants to expand into greater openness. He's just a little bit more skeptical. And I think there's one more thing trying to come in. One second. Hmm. It's almost like I could hear him laughing if you go to him after we're done, you know, chatting and you're just like, okay, so, you know, I want to talk to you. Like, I really want to open up my spiritual gifts and abilities. Like, what are your thoughts on that? I kind of I kind of, I see him kind of laughing and chuckling and him saying something like, I mean, like, well, what are we talking about here? Like, what are you going to turn into some witch or like, and he's not saying it to be mean and he's not bashing, bashing spirituality and he's not bashing witches. It's just, um, these ways are, are, he's not totally directly connected into them yet. And so they just seem a bit more foreign. Mm -hmm. So it's not that he's not open. It's just a little bit more far-fetched and foreign than it would be to, to you or me. Yeah. I, I'm like a notch ahead of him on the journey. And, but what I do know is he is going in those directions and he has, he made a conscious effort years ago. He's like, if I don't grow with you, we're going to grow apart. So he's made the effort to keep on the journey. And when we were watching the OA, did you ever see the show, the OA? I did watch some of it. He used to call me the OA. He's like, you're the OA. 
And um, I even forget what the show was. I just know it was like this girl, she had like some power. I can't remember. But he used to call me the OA. And um, and I know that he's starting to study like stoicism and he is on his his path. So I think... I think he you're you're definitely getting his like Boston like macho y kind of side. He has both sides, but um but he does he really is is tapping into kind of um spirit and stuff like that. So I think it's gonna be interesting. I can't wait to go have him laugh at me when I tell him. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I saw him. I saw he, he had a big beaming smile and he was just kind of chuckling. He was just like, well, what are we, what exactly are we talking about here? Like, what are, what, are, what are you trying to tell me kind of yeah. thing, you know? Um, and uh, real quick, there was one other thing that was trying to pop in. Oh, and yeah, you know, exactly what you just shared. That really can be all we need is, is just a partner. I mean, the fact that he even said to you, however many years ago, like if we don't grow together, we're going to grow apart mm-hmm. and he's already exhibited a willingness to expand and transform and evolve like that's then if you got that recipe in place you know then then you're good i, I find you know from personal experience uh the thing that creates the demise and, and breakdown of of situations is when is when one person or the container that holds the relationship um is is stuck and unwilling to expand and he's willing to expand so yeah. you guys should be good Thank goodness. Um, I will say again for uh, anybody who is listening and if they um, decide to pick up this gorgeous book, one of the things that was interesting to me, and I want you to explain this so that people can, um, can understand. So as I was trying to kind of put this into practice, um, mosquitoes, I flipped and I saw mosquitoes and I'm like, okay, what the frig, what could they possibly do? And so mosquitoes represent what birth, clearing energy, vigilance. They're small, but profound. Oh, they are. They're my biggest nuisance in life. Uh, Foundational change perspective resolving. I have been terrified of mosquitoes. I always say you could throw a bear in front of me. I would like have him on his back and I'd be giving him belly rubs, a tiger, a lion, anything. A mosquito, I used to be terrified of them. I'd sleep with the lights on at night growing Mm. up. When I moved to LA, I was so grateful there were no mosquitoes. Mm. In 2016, I just found out mosquitoes came to LA. Mosquitoes have been a massive problem. Are you in LA by chance? I was. And I'm aware that they started to come around more. We used to not have them in our backyard. We we were in Laurel Canyon. And then all of a sudden there were mosquitoes everywhere. Yeah. So 2016 was the year apparently. So it says here um, that um, I think it was... If you're experiencing a challenge, um, wait, let me see. There was something else. I'm trying to find where it was. Um, Annoyances, skillfully, positive attitudes, stop taking things seriously. When I show up, I often foretell of great foundational change that will be occurring in your life. Remember, all is meant to serve and ascend you. That nailed me. Because that was the year my mom was diagnosed mm. with brain mm. cancer. And these fucking mosquitoes wouldn't stop 
and they haven't stopped. Mm. And I keep thinking I I have to move out of here because I can't be around these mosquitoes. I can't be outside. I want to be in nature. I love nature. I love being outside. And that's why I love my house. I don't want to be in my house. I want to be outside in my yard. And I can't because of these damn mosquitoes. And so when I, I looked back and I said, oh, they came at a really pivotal moment um, of foundational change. It just kind of, it shows you when something is like loud, it means something. So if you're, if something like that is happening to you, go into the book and look at it and see what it could be telling you. Hmm. Yeah. Wow. I mean, honestly, my heart is just exploding hearing you share that example because it really is a profound example. And I, I want to thank you for working with Animal Power Book with such honor and reverence because the fact that you leaned in in the way that you did, the fact that you let yourself just randomly open to the page. And here's the funny thing, you know, you randomly open to Mosquito and what you could have done was instantly say, oh, nope, can't stand mosquitoes and shut the book again and open it randomly again to bypass <laughs> and to jump past the mosquito because you know they're annoying and you can't stand the fucking mosquito. Mm-hmm. Um, but you stayed. You stayed with the mosquito and you're like, huh, there's that darn creature. Okay. And like that example you shared might seem small to others listening, but to me, I'm like, oh my God, it, it exhibits and exemplifies so many of the most important ways to walk the spiritual path. And the one with you just pausing and not resisting and not turning away, but choosing to lean in was a big one. And then you leaned in and then you read and you let yourself sit with it. You're like, huh, okay. And you let yourself feel the resonance. So under the energy medicine category, as you and I are both seeks, we have the book, there's different messages from each animal. And you let yourself read them and you allowed that first one to resonate and speak with, to you. Once you felt that resonance, you were like, huh, I'm feeling something in my belly. I'm feeling something in the center line of my being. This message resonates. What is it? Upon you pausing with the resonating and inquiring, then you were allowed to receive the divine download. Oh my gosh, Mm -hmm. that's the same year. And you, I mean, that one little thread of the story you just shared, it's, it just, you're, the way you're doing the work, you're doing a great job. So I just want to acknowledge that and thank you for that. And that's how we get into more and more greater co-creation with the divine. Um, And that's how we can unite with this infinite, magnificent allness of all that is totality of all of the universes and every, all the medicine that's here for us is exactly how you just worked with the book. So thank you. Of course. I I have so many of these examples where I started writing stuff down. You know, like I said to you, uh, an animal kept coming to me recently and it was the sloth. So oh, I went over I love the sloth. And, and I like was flipping through the book and all of a sudden sloth pops up and I'm like, oh gosh, is that so funny? I saw them on Instagram. I followed them. I was like, I texted Kelsey. I said, they're in LA. You can go be friends with them and I'm going to get one and my life is going to change. I'm going to get one. Wait. And then I saw that it was just somebody who posted from LA and they're not good pets, but I was like, they're the cutest things I've ever seen and I want one so bad. But mm. one of the messages that came from my mom was that I need to 
rest. And in here, it says when to work with me, when you want to stop being judgmental, when you want to be more open-minded, when you need to rest in order to keep going. And I was like, oh, Mr. Sloth is coming for a reason. Mr. Mm. Sloth is telling me rest, Maria. So what I... I I wanted to do was I wanted to to get to that place to share these because I I think that I I don't think anything is a coincidence and and that was one of the things in these last 5 years that I've really any little message any little thing that came I'm like well what does that mean what could that mean let me look into it whether it's a dream I know a lot of people love dream analysis um or you know I I think Kelsey probably told you I resuscitate insects and she animals. did indeed <laughs> so I've been saving animals since I was little but insects was a whole new realm and and it was an inadvertent moment with a cricket where I basically gave him CPR with a, a leaf stem and brought him back to life but the cricket I swear to god and you're probably the only human that would really believe me and understand me the cricket comes back to life and I'm like <laughs> holy shit thing was totally dead so I, I put a leaf under his antennas because his antennas were stuck on the water on the concrete and he had, he had, you know, died inside the pool. He was in the middle of the water and I flushed him up and I put him on the concrete and he was dead. Anyway, I used the leaf stem and I was just pressing on his abdomen and the thing came back to life. But I was like, he's not going to be able to move with the antennas being so wet. So I put a leaf underneath and I was blow drying them. And then when they dried, the cricket got up, started walking away towards this cabana door turned around, came all the way. Now I am standing in the pool and I'm almost like eye level with this cricket. And it got up on its like hind legs and started doing this in my face. Mm. And I was like, he's saying thank you. Mm -hmm. And I'm sitting there thinking, I am insane. And I'm all alone. No one's ever going to believe me. My husband jokes, he goes, don't ever tell that story to anybody. They're going to think you're nuts. He goes, they don't know you. I know you, so I believe you. Everyone else is going to think you're nuts. Um, so then we were on vacation with my parents, and I was playing with this grasshopper, and the grasshopper plunged two two pools down. There was like a two-level pool into this waterfall, and I'm like, it's my fault. He got scared, and now he's dead, or he's going to die. So I was like, honey, please, you have to go save him. So Kevin, <laughs> he's trained well. He ran down all the way around, swam into the pool, went to the waterfall, brought me the grasshopper. Okay. Oh, my gosh. Can't make this shit up. So I, he brings the grasshopper. I put it on the table, and I said, behold, to my family, a dead grasshopper. Is it very clear this grasshopper's dead? Now, I'm not thinking anything really is going to happen here. I'm just playing around. And he goes, yeah, they go, yeah. And I go, okay. So I start giving a chest compressions like I did with the cricket. But I realized it has a hard shell. You can't access his chest through the shell. So then I said, maybe if I go in his armpits. So I went in his armpits, but you have to gently do it because you don't want to break the grasshopper's legs because that's what he needs to survive. So I'm gently going in there. Grasshopper comes back to life. And then he flies away and I'm like, and so, yeah, I look back and I looked at like crickets and it was one of those gray crickets, which in China, they have them as a sign of good luck. Mm. They're, you know, good fortune. And so when you read in here, I was like, oh, okay. I have a lot of good luck that comes to me from all the animals I saved, I think. So (laughs) beautiful. And thank you for sharing that story. I mean, they really are our brothers and sisters. Mm -hmm. And I absolutely, I was with you in your storytelling and the vision of the cricket coming back and just like honoring you and thanking you. It, It is real. And 
You know, and and that's one of the things that I love, particularly about working with power animal allies and guides, is they're one of the few spiritual guides that also live in the earth plane, that live in our waking, walking world too. So we can access them in our everyday life. They're here. We can also go into the unseen realms and work with them. Whereas archangels or, you know, um, you know, goddess Kali or whatever example we want to give, they're typically just accessed in, in the unseen. But the fact that you're able to just work with these creatures, these brothers and sisters with such sacredness and honor the oneness and honor that the cricket's value of life is no different than your own. It's so beautiful. So I'm glad you outed yourself <laughs> with these stories. They're so good. I can't help myself. I out myself pretty often with them because I can't help it. And in fact, I was interviewing Chris Pratt from Jurassic Park and he and I had this moment where at the end he goes, me too. I resuscitated a cricket and a black jacket, a yellow jacket. And I go, no way. So there are, there are many of us out there. There I are believe. more of our of you out there. Yeah. yeah. Um, remember the snake? I had to talk to a snake that was in our basement in Connecticut. Oh, yeah. I had a full conversation with the snake. I, I walked him through what we were going to do, how I was going to take him from the basement to put him outside. Mm. The snake cooperated with me. And then let me pat him when we were outside. I said, thanks, little guy. We did this together. And I pat him and then... He was cool. And then he walked off. Wow. Or slithered. 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 Gosh. So anyway. Learning all of this about you, all of this is new information. It makes me even more excited for you to continue, you know, to work with the book. And um, I sent Kelsey the guided shamanic journey. So if that resonates and you want to do that video guided shamanic journey to go into the different realms, I would, I mean, I'm just getting more and more giddy and excited about you doing more of this work. And I would be so curious when you do the guided shamanic journey, um, if an animal presents how it presented to you, like if you saw it, if you heard it, I would just, I would love to know more details around that journey because you clearly have such a powerful connection to animals, which I didn't know. So um, yeah, if you keep developing deeper rapports and doing the power practices in these books, I would love to just hear how that connection expands for you even more. For sure. I'm excited to go on the journey. I, I, I've always said, I'm like, just put me like in a place with animals, give me shelter and make sure I'm fed. I love food. I need food. After that, I need nothing else in life. I just need to be with animals and nature. Mm. So Allison, yeah. can I ask you one question? Yeah. It's, it was something Maria and I both noticed. We were both like, oh yeah, thank you. Good point. We're like, where's the dog? I thought that I had missed it about four times. I and looked I, twice and yes. I was like, wait, I missed it. Yes. Nope. Dog's not in here. Same. Okay. So we have to know why no dog? You know, I just really had to honor the process. There's a couple of answers. Um, I truly, because it was the animals who came to me, uh, gave me the idea for this book, and I agreed to co-create it with them. It was really a voyage where every day I would open myself up to the power animal realm and ask whichever next animal that wanted to present to be a part of the book to come forward. And so that was the process that I Mm. honored the whole time. All 100 of these animals were the first 100 that came in and said, like, put me in coach. I want to be a part of this volume one of this medicine book. So that's the main answer. But um, oftentimes, most of the, the power animals that we share the teachings around are undomesticated animals. They're typically more in the wild. So that's just another um, reason why 
why. But I'm hopefully, I haven't really talked to, I have a call with my literary agent soon, and I haven't talked with her about this yet, but I, um, I'm feeling the inspiration to perhaps do Animal Power Volume 2 and to make a whole encyclopedia out of this. Um, so I am taking note yes. and perhaps for an <laughs> honor of you too in this interview in volume two, there will be a dog. Yeah. I love it. I, I, I was laughing because I know, um, I feel like dogs, I think our, our domesticated animals come into our life to help us through things and also to sometimes take on illness. Mm-hmm. Um, I think they take on illness. I've had two dogs that had brain tumors. What are the odds? Um, and I think they took a little bit of my mom and I's tumors to, to ease the load or something. And that's kind Mm -hmm. of what I, I felt. Um, and I think they come to teach you things, you know, whether it's, you really need to understand unconditional love, um, or you really need to understand loyalty, whatever it is. I think that they're there to teach you things. So I think it'd be interesting to get into some of that in another one. Yeah, definitely. I I mean, right here at my feet is our little dog, Cookie, all curled up. She's a part of this interview and a part of the the medicine of, of our whole voyage here today. And she's been a great teacher for me. She's definitely a little healer medicine dog. She's been in many a teepee ceremony and many plant medicine ceremonies. Um, and she will make her way. It's so cool to observe her in those settings, especially in really deep shamanic spiritual ceremony settings. She'll just, we'll let her go and do her thing. And she will always kind of land at the person that, you know, needs a little extra TLC or whatever that medicine transmission is. And then once that's complete, she'll kind of like feel her way around. And then for the next hour of the ceremony, sit with another person. So it's really cool for me as a shaman to Mm. observe her own process with her healing gifts too. So I agree. Is she? Uh, she was rescued, so she's part cocker spaniel and part long haired chihuahua. She's a cute little thing. Oh, I yeah. love them. Well, Allison, <laughs> this was amazing. Thank you so much for sharing your gifts and sharing um, your story, and of course, um, all of this newfound knowledge on animals. This is so cool. Uh, you're so welcome. Thank you for your support. Thank you for having me. And I want to, you know, on behalf of the animals too, thank you. You know, we're trying to get this medicine book into whoever's homes and hearts it, it resonates with. So thank you for helping me to spread the word. Of course. Of course. So cool. Um, I, um, I think this is such a cool book. You did such a great job with the the illustrations. I mean, obviously, your uh, your partner in crime there, William, mm-hmm. William, William with an N. Yeah, yeah William did such a great job. It's beautiful. So. Yeah, it was a long process. To um, I mean, the artist was a huge decision for me because embodiment. I teach. anyone who listens to my podcast ceremony circle, they hear me talk about embodiment every single episode. It's like a main thing that I teach. So I knew the artist had to have the ability to create these animals to really embody the, the healing medicines and teachings that they represent. And not everyone can do that. So it was a pretty painstaking process to go through and figure out like what artists, did I trust to be able to do this, this level of embodiment work? And it was a beautiful divine orchestration and story um, of how he and I 
you know, connected and got together to work on this project. But we had a obviously a really profound um, soul contract to birth this book into the world together. And the fact that, you know, as soon as he was done with it, he transitioned to the other realms um, and his, his legacy is able to live on through the art here. It's obviously a huge honor um, for me to be able to share about it and to, to speak his name and to thank him. And I feel his presence. Um, I, one little last uh, bullet point on that. The day that I got the news that he had passed, I was obviously really shocked and heartbroken and I went out on our balcony to just speak to him and acknowledge him and honor him and thank him. And within a few seconds of me going out on the balcony to do that, this massive hawk flew just off to the right side of my head. And I knew that it was him. Um, and so he came to me right away in the form of the hawk. And so we took his illustration that he did of the hawk and we did create um, some limited edition hawk posters um, to honor him. And at the bottom, I share the story of how he came to me in that form. So I still feel him. He's still a part of this process. Um, but yeah, it was it was a pretty unique experience to go through because I know you've written, you know, books and it's not an easy voyage. It's incredibly painstaking. There were many times I thought it was going to be the death of me. Mm -hmm. I worked on it for many years. It was probably the hardest thing I've ever done. So the fact that he and I um, went through that together, um, you know, we obviously have a strong bond and I feel him a lot in the other realms. Cool. All right. What do we think, ladies? Okay. I have to tell you my crazy story with the book. You ready? Because mm -hmm. I was like, I'm so glad you asked so many of those questions too to like clarify for people who are going to be like, I'm sorry, what? Because when you did, I feel like it really, you know, like opened everything up and just made a whole lot more sense. But when I was reading it the other day and she talked about your your core, it's like your core power animal. So the, the idea that we're like, we're born with one animal that kind of like supports us from birth till death. And there's other animals that come in and help you along the way, but there's that one core one. And I was like, Oh, I like sat there and thought about it for a second. And I was like, Oh, mine's definitely a hummingbird. I've had like many, a uh, crazy experiences with hummingbirds. Um, and so then I go and I'm like, Oh, okay, let's just have some fun. I'm like, okay. Calling in my little core animal, close my eyes, randomly flip through the book and stop on a page that felt right. And I opened it. Hummingbird. Stop. I swear to God, Maria, I was, it was like <laughs> 10 30 at night and I'm like freaking out alone in my bed. Like what? What? So anyways, that was my crazy story that I had to share with you. I love it. But I just thought that was, that's so cool. Animals are so amazing. Mm -hmm. Like that And was you so didn't fun. tell her anything about me and elephants? Nope, nothing. I said that you resuscitated insects. That's so funny. Like how nuts. And it, yeah, that was all just, I love it. Yeah. It's so cool. It's really cool. Like I said, like if I look back, you know, there's always significance to kind of major things. Like remember when I saved all that koi on our street? Yep. Like I'm going to go back and look at the koi stuff now or the mosquitoes was something I started connecting. And then there were more... Um, that that were interesting to me, like my connection to dolphins and how much I love yeah. dolphins, yeah. and they're very like air air sign connected, and mm -hmm. so, um, and of course, I have kind of a dolphin laugh too. So anyway, <laughs> I think it's really fascinating, <laughs> and like I said, I think um, it's nice to express some healthy skepticism so that you know um, you can get the answers you need to go one way or the other, yeah. and so. 
um, I think it's really fascinating. I can't wait to do the journey. I know. Me too. Send them to me today. I will. I will. I'll resend them. them. Yeah. Well, the funny thing I was going to tell you too is um, when she was talking about your pink and your rose quartz crystal you brought out, I have been sleeping with my rose quartz. Mm. I always feel like I get like secondhand, secondhand energy like from you. I'm like, oh, that's interesting because that kind of made sense to me. I'm like, I've been sleeping with my rose quartz on me. And then you pulled that out and I was like, what? So I know she's talking about pink. Can I go? Yeah. Here comes the pink crystal. Yeah. It's so, Um, it's so nuts. So maybe I will take it and put it up on my altar. I'm sure I have something pink upstairs, but I'll bring it up. Yeah. I think you have another one. In the meantime, Heel Squad, thank you so much for being with us. Uh, It is a new year and uh, we are excited to be bringing you so many new things this year. New website. Obviously you're seeing the new logo and the new branding um, and everything. So get ready. We got a lot coming at you. In the meantime, be nice people, make good choices and be present.